Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. I hope you're having a good month as you are continuing to study the 10. We are on the last of the 10 commandments. We have two supplementary chapters to go for the months of July and August following this month. But for now, we are studying the very last commandment, thou shalt not covet. And actually, of course, the scripture says, thou shalt not covet, and then lists some things that his people of old were not to desire, to lust after, to delight in, to really, um, I think that Albert Moeller says it well when he says, it, it kind of means to hanker after we are a he makes the point that we are a hankering people we constantly want what is not ours and of course advertising in modern days is based on that hankering that people have and it's very deeply embedded in our society it is the basis for much evil in our society i believe that we can um, definitely know that and as we look at the last commandment I'd like for us to just notice some things that are specific to that command this will be just a short little study for us this morning and then we will be finished with this the third dig a bit first of all thou shalt not covet is the only one of the commandments that really directly addresses the heart. I think that's just fascinating because here we come to the very, the bookend, if you will, the very last commandment. And for the first time, he addresses not an action that we take, but rather a desire and inner longing that we would have. And I think that's just really interesting because it, in a way it's preparatory for our New Testament law, which is a law of the heart. It's preparatory in a way for the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, you've heard that it has been said, thou shalt do no murder, but I'm going to tell you that it's wrong to be angry at your brother. You've heard that it's been said, you shall not commit adultery, but I'm going to tell you it is wrong to lust after a woman. Um, He continues that thought process throughout much of the Sermon on the Mount. And here in this very last commandment, it's almost as if he's foreshadowing that for us. He's saying, but I want you to move beyond the thou shalt nots, and I want you to be able to control what's on the inside of you. I think he's saying something about himself as God, too, because this was a civil law for the people of God. This was a law that was um, the first nine commandments, at least, were punishable by the civil law in this um, Judaic system that God was setting up in Exodus chapter 20. But then he moves to the bookend and he says, but I'm God and people can punish the first nine commandments, but God can see into the heart. And God knows that there can be a sin that is not 
necessarily an overt action. It causes overt actions, but God can see all the way into the heart of a man. And this is a commandment that to which, uh, for which you must be accountable to God himself. Moses couldn't look at a man without miraculous power and say, you've coveted. But how did, how did Joshua, for instance, know that Achan had coveted when they went into the promised land and they were at Ai and he took the, the garments and hid them in his tent? How did he know that? Well, because there was an overt action. But the first commandment that he broke was the commandment of the heart thou shalt not covet. So while the other nine commandments, men could look at them and say, oh, you broke this commandment, you're gonna be punished for it. The 10th commandment was a command, the breaking of which only God could know, thou shalt not covet. In that way, I think it's preparatory for our New Testament law where God says, I, I don't want just your overt actions. I want to control your heart. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that addresses the heart. Secondly, it is put on an equal plane and defined as idolatry in Colossians 3, verse 5. If we look at Colossians 3, verse 5, in the context there, it says put to death or mortify your members which are on the earth, and then it lists some things, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. And see again in the listing of these um, former fornication, uncleanness, passion, he doesn't equate them with anything, but when he says covetousness, he says, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Wow, we can covet a disposition of the heart, and yet it is disobedience, just as if we were overtly performing a sinful action. The wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. And then it says those things as Christians, of course, we are to put to death. It is idolatry. And of course, when we get to this bookend, thou shalt not covet, it's hearkening all the way back to the first and second commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. It's saying, I want all of you. I want even your heart. So all these actions in between not killing, not stealing, not committing adultery, not bearing false witness, not taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. All of those things are in between God's commanding that He be number one in our lives and His commandment that our primary desire is to be to Him, our heart is to be to Him, and we are not to desire the things that are withheld from us in the world around us. Covetousness is idolatry. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians 10, 14 says we are to, to not commit the sin of idolatry. Well, not only does it say that, but it says we are to run from it. We are to flee 
idolatry. We are supposed to go the other direction. So when we find ourselves desiring those things of the world around us, whatever it might be, we run the other way. We put those things to death in our lives and and get into the Word and be sure through our study and through prayer that we are showing God that we want what He wants for us, that we don't desire those things that are of the world around us. Next, there is one more thing I wanted to point out about commandment number 10. It is the only one that has the negative in the Hebrew twice. We see thou shalt not in all of the commandments except for honor thy father and thy mother. But we see, and remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I left that one out. But in all the others, we see that Hebrew negative and in this one we see that hebrew negative twice thou shalt not is in this commandment twice and of course that that has led some scholars to believe that there were actually two commandments they combine commandment number one and number two and then they separate the thou shalt not covet saying that those are the last two of the decalogue i don't believe that i believe that thou shalt not covet is one command but it has two negatives in it and that should mean something to us god is putting an exclamation point on the fact that he wants our desires the very desires of our hearts to be ruled by him i believe if we look at these commandments as one communique from the heart of god if we start with thou shalt have no other gods before me and we end with thou shalt not covet that god wants control of the desires of our heart and our hearts and then in the middle we have all of these things that we are to do or that we are to abstain from doing when we look at it as one communique from god that he wants all of us beginning with our commitment to have no other gods before him and ending with our running from the desires that would take us away from obedience to him if we look at this as one communication from god in these 10 commandments that we plant heaven in our hearts and we as mamas can do that with our children i think it's really important and i'm going to close with this that we use the words the english words that our translations use when we talk to our children. I say this a lot about the word obey. I don't hear mamas telling their babies to obey. Do what mama says. I hear that more, but I think we should use the word obey to our children so that when God communicates in his word and he uses the word obey with regard to our homes or with regard to uh, the submission of a wife to her husband, with regard to our obedience to the elders or to the law of the land, it does say obey those who have the rule over you when it talks about elders. I, th I think it's great to use the word obey. I don't hear the word covet very much in our vernacular today in society or in our homes. I think it's really important that we talk to our children about what covetousness is, about what the word 
covet means. And of course, we looked up that word when we began this. Let me turn back to that. The Hebrew word is hamad, which means to desire, to delight in, to lust for. And of course, when God said the words in Exodus chapter 20, when he wrote those words with his finger, he said it this way, thou shalt not, I'm going to put one of these words in there, thou shalt not delight in your neighbor's house. You shall not delight in or desire your neighbor's wife. You shall not delight in his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. You shall not lust for that which belongs to your neighbor. Does that mean you don't say, oh, you have a beautiful house. I love your house. That's not what it means. But you shall not lust for, desire, delight in, want for self those things to which you have no right. Thou shalt not is repeated twice in that last commandment. Let's use the word covet. Let's use that word with our children. Let's teach them what it means to covet in a society that is really immersed in covetousness. We see it at every turn and our children see it if they're ever exposed to any media, any peer group even in our society. So we have to use the language that we can read in our English translations with our children and make the word covet meaningful in a practical way in our families. And when we hear our children say, um, I think the illustration is in the chapter here when Ezra, my, he was five at the time when they were house shopping and he said, I want a house that has stairs because rich people have houses with stairs. And we need to, you know, in our family Bible times, address that. We need to talk about what coveting is. And I don't think, you know, I'm not saying it's a sin for a five-year-old to want a house with stairs. And to even say that, he didn't know what he was saying really. But it's a great time to start addressing it. It's a great time to start using the word covet with our children. Because in our society, covetousness is going to lead to a multitude of sins. And God, of course, the Holy Spirit knew that when he said covetousness, which is idolatry. So we need to not just talk about it in our homes and use the word covet, but we need to show it to our children in, the, in our ethical dilemmas that come up from day to day in our homes, in our, you know, as we, um, as we are exposed to media, as we're watching um, advertising that maybe even uses the words, you know you want this, you can't live without this, you gotta have this. When we hear that in our society around us, it'd be great to point it out using the word covet because that is one more way that we plant fidelity to God in our children and heaven in their hearts. I hope you're having a good day and I hope you're gonna get to join us for the podcast. By the time you hear this, the podcast might be over. But as I'm speaking, it is Monday and the podcast is on Tuesday. I want to remind you that we are on month 10. The July podcast will come to us, come to you in the same way that the, the first 10 have come to you. But the August podcast, which will be number 12, will be live from PTP Spark at West Huntsville. 
If you want information about PTP Spark, go to westhuntsville.org. If you go to westhuntsville.org, and you can just scroll down and you will see a big flyer for polishing the pulpit spark and registration information is available there it's a great time for us in digging deep because we are actually for the first time in a couple of years going to get to be at least some of us assembling in one room to recap the study of the 10 and to unveil the brand new study for the next year if you can't join us in person at spark you can join us live we will be live streaming that recap and that unveiling from spark in august that'll be august 23rd when that reveal will occur so i hope you can join us there'll be more information if you're following the blog or if you're in the digging deep in god's word facebook page you can find more information as that draws closer. I hope that you're having a great week. I hope you're using it for him. To God be the glory. Thank you.